Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs, the show that's constantly streaming stories of entrepreneurship and business and how to adapt to this changing economy. And guess what? We're going into the fall. We're still making change and we're going to continue to make change. And I'm excited about our next guest who's been on the show before because as the world of, a, of our economy changes, so do the laws around us change. And uh, there's some uh, things that are brewing on the West Coast that I think is going to affect all of us. So I want to welcome back Walter Foster, partner Eckert Siemens. Welcome back, Walter. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Walter, uh, you know, you brought up in another meeting a couple of weeks ago, uh, a new ruling in California or a new case that's being filed. I'm not sure what state we're in. Why don't you tell our listeners? Because I think all entrepreneurs want to listen to this one. Sure, happy to do so. So recently, the state of California, after uh, investigating um, Blizzard Activision for two years, filed a lawsuit. And at the heart of this lawsuit and why it's kind of uh, kind of earth shattering and we're saying is will be a bellwether litigation in this uh, gaming industry is the fundamental part of it is really brought on equal pay but also because they've maintained a sexist environment, you know, alleging that it's been a kind of a frat boy culture. Um, many of your listeners would know that uh, Blizzard Activision is the World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, and Candy Crush, and is part of a billion dollar industry that is worldwide that has grown and will continue to grow. But the games that they've produced, as well as their employment environment, have been very, really largely male-dominated. Um, the, the California state agency charged with enforcing the anti-discrimination laws um, recently, about a year ago, uh, both federal and statewide had instituted new equal pay laws. And this is really kind of the first of its kind that we're seeing that's going to bring the hammer down on this industry and many others about making sure, and particularly usually, of course, it's women are getting equal pay as men for the same or similar jobs. So we're, we're watching this one really closely. But you had mentioned also about uh, an employee walk, did they walk out? Yes. So that's what really got to me that it, here are the employees, they found their voice and they found their hammer. So this case, unlike what we would call the isolated incident cases, it's like, oh, somebody's having an affair at work and doesn't really you know, affect me. What this case is really laying bare is a systemic kind of approach that, and really management, again, allegedly management supported discrimination against women. And when the case was announced, the response by the Blizzard uh, folks was, oh, these are really old. This happened a while ago. They're outdated. You're mischaracterizing it. It's not true. We, we call it the dig in and, and, and fight it mentality. Within days, they had a walkout by large parts of their uh, employee group. And I've never seen a group of employees react to the, the company's position publicly on the lawsuit basically saying, oh, no, no, this is an extremely sexist environment and you've got to do something to fix it. And the, the two things that, to me, what that indicated is here's a state agency bringing the case against the company. You now have ev almost every employee saying, we will cooperate in that. So they're going to testify as to what has happened to them, support those allegations, 
in a way I, I've never seen before. It's almost like for us litigators, it's almost like if the case is over, <laughs> if, if, if you have your entire workforce fighting against your management style, you're in deep trouble. So that, that was really, you know, kind of the seismic reaction by the employees that was, was, was well noted across, uh, across the country. There's so many ways that you've uh, ticked me with this whole thing. You know, I've always told employers that there's the official legal structure and then there's the unofficial structure and that workers create their own structure within an organization that people follow, that they have their own thought leaders, not the ones who are anointed by the organization, but anointed by themselves. Sure. And I try to get I try to get leaders to understand this. And, you know, where unions used to say, I have to have a formal structure to represent you. Here we found a sort of a new age way of working that Americans, and I really think this is an American psyche. We're yeah, talking about, interesting. feel yeah. very empowered. Very. They've come together on their own and they speak without the formal structure of a union or the formal structure of an organization to act on behalf of the betterment of the full group of people. And I think this is very important to watch because I believe this is a typically and uniquely American behavior, which will continue to happen. That Americans are more mobile and more free and millennials, especially since we're talking about technology in the West Coast, millennials have this belief that I talk to that the way the world has been built was built wrong. And uh -huh. it's up to them to stand up to maybe even let's say baby boomers. <laughs> who I am, and I think you are as well, yes. and really try to, and, and not sort of let them go too far. So I see this as a very important business and social movement. It's not going to stop. It's going to give people the sense of power. Sorry for I, my speech. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Your, your insight, um, I have also seen about what I would call the, you know, the employee culture, to put it another way, that whatever legal compliance are, if you're not keeping you know, morale up amongst your employees, you won't have a company. So this is voting by the feet and is an empowerment we have not seen. And I think it's here to stay. And it's interesting that it's happening in the gaming industry because the gaming industry, the average age most likely for this group of employees is much younger potentially than other, than other um, types of industries. And so I think you're, you're taught, but it's also, it's an entire new industry that didn't exist for the baby boomers, right? <laughs> like just, this is like an amazing worldwide phenomenon. And what you're seeing already is a management structure that's not even realizing that their base is, growing, is women. You know, that, that women comprise much of the online gaming and the continuing growing part where it was really male dominated. But on the larger piece, the employees without any union structure, and I will say they, because they had a written petition to the management group with certain asks. And I looked at that very carefully and it wasn't your typical, I would call it rabble rouser employee request. So typically what you see from the, the, the rank and file is we want that CEO president gone. You know, he's the one that has created this. There wasn't any such request. What there was a request for is no longer private confidential arbitration agreements with us. So they have signed as part of their employment relationship, 
if anything goes wrong, including a sex harassment case or whatever, it's all confidential and arbitration out of the courts. No one can see it. And many believe that that had led to the particular, in, in, you know, emboldening this environment. So I think you're right to see this as a bellwether, not only within the legal compliance arena, but in how you do business. And in fact, as I understand it, the uh, shareholders have already brought a suit against the company because of the drop in value. And that's how dramatic. So I think it's incredibly important for business entrepreneurs to understand this dynamic. If you're building a company, how to do it right. You know, you're, you're helping them with all the, the what bricks to put in place to make sure you're building a solid foundation. This is a new one. Anyone who runs afoul of this is really going to be potentially losing their business or otherwise having that business become you know, uh, less relevant and therefore, you know, surpassed by other companies that pay attention to this stuff. Well, again, I know a lot of people don't like to touch issues because they just don't want it to hurt them. But I, you know, in all this discussion, we've left human resources out of it. And, you know, that's a constant debate uh, and discussion I've had with many uh, people in academia and or, or organizational work. And, you know, the whole, you know, compliance issue for HR that they're working so much on compliance and they want to keep their jobs and they're trying to sort of subdue issues, you know, and not have things bubble up. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that HR is really equipped in today's world politically or, or, or their skill sets or what their really, their real agenda is to deal with this too, because I'm sure these organizations had HR departments and where were they? That's like saying, where was the CIA giving information about Afghanistan? Sorry. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's after the fact, but I don't think that's what they were structured to do. They were structured to say, you know, this organization's functioning day to day. We're doing payroll. We're doing this. We've got our employment letters out. We're doing our recruiting. Everything's smooth. It's, it's, you know, if I were there, I would probably be telling people what the problems are because that's what I do. And they'd be saying, eh, you know, 50, <laughs> 50. Well, no, yeah. people listen to me more now that I'm gray than when I wasn't gray. <laughs> After years. <laughs> uh, I don't think the contents change that much. It might be more humorous, but it is a lot more the gray. It has an effect. <laughs> it brings with it some gravitas. But, right. uh, you, you but know, again, I think HR is an issue in this too. It is. It's, it's a big issue. And insofar as it's seen as the role, as what I call a subsidiary role, where, you know, we in the C-suite, you know, are what matters most is what's the newest game, you know, our creative side. What matters most is the tech top side. Top line. Yeah. T top, top line and therefore bottom line, you know, results where HR doesn't have that until you come to this. So here's here's where the HR gets translated because this lawsuit is going to require an entire and they've already hired an outside law firm to look at the company from top to bottom, not only on this frat boy culture, which you have to eradicate like that. That's you know, that's like you've really gone far afield, but they're looking at the equal pay issue. So when you've hired, how many women are in the creative department? How many women have a seat at the table at the C-suite? And what are they getting paid? And that has not seen the light of day. That's where the shareholders and the company has been put at risk if you haven't assessed that in terms of the compliance. So either the ostrich approach of like HR just does compliance 
And it doesn't really affect the bottom line insofar as you think that that is the, if you will, the role of HR, you've got it wrong. So- And and I'll just add at the C-suite, I'm glad you brought it because I think everybody's culpable. The fish rots from the head down. But, you know, if I see 90 out of 100 executives, I say, why do you, you know, you have such a nice office. We should get rid of it. You're too comfortable. (laughs) Get out of your office. Let's destroy your office. You got to you got to be out with your people. You got to read. You know, it's like those CEO TV shows where they wear a disguise and they learn about their organizations. Right. Right. Mingling. Then they're they're doing the wrong job as well. I mean, I think we've all sort of fallen prey from top to bottom and have to relook at this whole thing. And how and how this is? I think you brought up important subject because this whole equality issue, gender issue, it's not going to go away. No. It's because it's the right issue. It is. it is. People might say it's the wrong issue or they don't like it, but right. it is the right issue because if you've ever been judged inappropriately in your life, you know it's the right issue for everyone. It, it is, and that really, this is the continuation of both the Me Too movement, which was, you know, you right, left, and center, you know, focus right before the pandemic hit, and is not going to stop. And in fact, it's actually really better for organizations as well as the shareholders that women are in the C-suite and running these companies because. The, um, and I think the gaming industry is a very good example. My daughter happens to be a gamer and is on, works on the Twitch platform, loves this world, is part of this world. Um, it, it, it's, it's still a difficult environment for women. But when women are at making the, at that C-suite table, making the decisions of like, okay, Call of Duty is a fantastic franchise. What are you now going to do about all the women and the girls? Because the girls who are playing is a younger age uh, in terms of the video games. And, and that, that is a market that is largely still untapped. You've tapped into this, you know, machoism, single person shooter type game, and we've, we've run with it. Great. Now your industry has matured. You have a, an incredible way to grow. How, you know, if I'm a shareholder, I'm asking the question, how are you doing that? How are you going to make money as we move uh, forward? It, it comes down to culture. And a lot of companies that do business, foreign companies I deal with that are very successful, they don't look at culture. And I think we, we've all got to look at what our culture is. I'll just throw you back a generational. When I first moved here from, I'm originally from Canada. Yeah. I had started businesses before I had worked for fortune 500 companies. The headhunter said to me, you always would say to me, where did you go to school? And I would go uh, when I came down here and I had a lot of experience and I'd say, um, uh, and I look and oh, they'd say, where did you go to school? Did you go to McGill? Uh-huh. That was their first question. And, you know, over the years, I've, my answer has been refined. I look back at them. I go, where did you go to school? Harvard? I go, there's more than one school in Canada. <laughs> you know, there is. <laughs> you know, and when I and when I didn't and when I didn't go to McGill, people would say to me, well, it might be harder for me to get you some interviews. I'm like, excuse me. Did you read my resume? Did you read my experience? You know, it's. Yep. Uh, People tend to move to a very simplistic model, what they've known in the past. What you've known in the past doesn't work. Uh, It doesn't work for tomorrow. It worked yesterday. Yesterday is yesterday's news. And uh, and we need to all open up our minds, expand ourselves, and understand that people want to work and they don't want to be limited by an old model. They don't. And those who don't recognize that, in my opinion, what I've seen, because I can say as well with a few gray hairs, 
is that either you're going to get on board or you're going to miss the journey. You, you really will. Um, it, not, it, the only constant is the change, right? And, and at least in my eyes, it's been changed for the better. And, and, and so I see that as the future on this, yeah. You know, when I talk to people about how I like to manage change, I always say a big part of my goal is to make sure people have fun. Yeah. And because if change is not fun and it's threatening, it's hard to do. Uh, Walter, you and I are going to be talking again in another part. But if someone's yeah. looking for you at Eckert Siemens, wants to know more about what's going on and how to handle it, how would they find you? So you can find me on the web, EckertSiemens.com for the firm. And just look me up. But uh, if anybody wants to email me, it's wfoster at EckertSiemens.com. Happy to follow up and answer any questions. And I know, uh, Walter, what you see is what you get. A straight answer, a fun answer. Walter, thanks for being on the show. I look forward to seeing you again on Radio you as well. Entrepreneurs. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you.